Well, I'd like a beer and I'll see something naked. Everyone, welcome all to Superhouse Black. <laughs> where we swear even fucking more than we usually <laughs> fucking do. Gets a little blue. <laughs> and we are just even edgier than an edgelord from 1995. This is our Joker movie release, deep dive, and review. I am Lord of Edge, Andrew. And I am once again joined by... Ben Wong. Good to be here, Murray. <clears throat> I mean, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> and. Hey, this old Wolfie Cruz. What it do? <laughs> and guess who's calling in all the way from Seattle? You haven't heard his voice Science. in so very long. How's it going, Maddie? Oh, it's going pretty good. A lot has changed uh, since I was on Superhouse Podcast. I don't know what Superhouse <laughs> Black is. I'm s- <laughs> very nervous. <laughs> I didn't know there would be so much language. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright, so before we get to the actual release of the movie, let's talk about the things that led up to the movie. There was uh, actually a lot of shit that happened (laughs) before the movie was even out. So, first up, we had Mark Maron saying this on Conan. I I was not in a Marvel movie. Right. I have some some issues with... You don't uh, like comic book movies? I have some issues with them, and, and no, I generally don't like them because I, you know, I don't want to be bullied into seeing those. Mo- Look, Conan, I'm a grown-up. I'm not seven, and I think those movies are for for you know grown male nerd childs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in he's in Joker. He's at the he's, he's at in the end of the movie. one scene of two. it. So I'm yeah. like, uh, what? Is, yeah, two. Well, two. yeah. Just Come on, Ben. Did but, you even watch it? <laughs> That's how little I cared about Mark Maron in this movie. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I I never listened to his podcast either. As much as I am, I didn't into know who the fuck he was until just... that movie. I mean, until, until that oh, Netflix oh, show. Yeah, he's that's... great in Glow, though. He's like a hip. He's, a... he's like a hip, crabby old man. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's actually likable most of the time, I think. But with Glow this, is great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that was from Heroic Hollywood. Uh, then cut to about a week ago from the time of this recording, a week before Joker came out, we had Todd Willips fucking right to fuck up. Phillips? Todd Phillips? What's the name? Phillips. Todd, Todd you said Phillips. Willips. Todd. Like, who? <laughs> you called him Todd. You called who? him Todd Todd Willips. Like Todd Willips. <laughs> he's, he's Todd Willips from I see now a lot on, hasn't man. changed at Superhouse Podcast, which is very nice. <laughs> Good old Todd Willips. You called him Ty Willips. Still can't talk, still drunk. All right. Rod Willips. Uh, so uh, Rod Willips had this to say in a new Vanity, Vanity Fair cover profile from Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Willips explaining why, why he left comedy to direct the, his new dark comic book drama Joker. Quote: Go try to be funny nowadays with this woke culture, and then having those words out loud in a room where other people could hear him. I swear to God, he kept talking. That's the, uh, the the guy writing this up at Vanity Fair. He said, quote, There are articles written about why comedies don't work anymore. I'll tell you why. Because all the fucking funny guys are like, Fuck this shit, because I don't want to offend you. It's hard to argue with 30 million people on Twitter. You just can't do it, right? Okay. So in response to this, Taika Waititi said on Twitter about uh, Philip saying you can't be funny anymore. Taika said, he funny. 
<laughs> Keep in mind, anybody not familiar with Taika Waititi, he just released a movie where he plays an imaginary friend Hitler set in Nazi Germany. And it's a it's going to be amazing. Dude, he's the yeah. funniest man on the planet. Doug Benson says it's incredible, by the way, from yeah. Doug Loves Movies. I started listening to that again. Nice. Um, took years off. Anyway, hi, hi um, yeah. Um, and then on the Friday of release of this movie, it was revealed that Scorsese also doesn't have a very high opinion of Marvel saying... Uh, I don't. You have some note here, Ben. I, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you skip that. But I mean, it's basically, Scorsese. Like, why do we? Why are we bring this in Joker? Because this movie's really influenced uh, the movie in general. So it's yeah. kind of tied into it. Influence is an interesting word. Yes. We'll keep going. Also, well, produced. Also, put some money. In well, it. The, put his name, he, name also, It's not on it anymore. Also, oh quite, yeah, he took it off of it. That's right. <laughs> He no. said, "He said, quote, I don't see them. <laughs> I'm talking about moral movies and yeah. shit. <laughs> quote, I tried, <laughs> you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well as as well made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. End quote. That's from Collider. Um, that's a pretty well-respected source, I think. Yeah. Um, let's actually uh, put a pen in this one real quick. And what does everybody think about this? Uh, this won't be a huge conversation, but uh, Maddie, it's been a while. What do you think of uh, good old Marty shitting on Marvel? <laughs> I mean, we're all allowed to have our opinions, but you can be wrong. Uh, <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's I don't. We're all allowed to be wrong. Marty. I don't know. It's. I don't care. I mean, I like his movies. I like Marvel movies. Am I going to watch The Irishman? Fuck yeah, I'm going to watch it, and I'm probably going to fucking enjoy it. But I'm not going to stop watching fucking Spider-Man movies because old Marty was like, "Uh, it's not real cinema, buddy. Well, you know what? Maddie thinks it is, Marty. (laughs) Why do you got to be so goddamn reasonable, Maddie? Um, Stefan. Oh, what do I think about those comments? Yeah, I kind of can, in some way, I can see where he's coming from in terms of like how much these films are all like crossovers and serials. You know, it's like on the level that he's been lauded at, you don't see like the old Batman serials having like the same effect as like Casablanca or something like that. So I think where he's coming from is that classic film sense of, of like, yeah, these are like fun popcorn fare. Right, it's probably another right. thing he would say a popcorn picture, his old popcorn ass picture. <laughs> but uh, these talkies. But yeah, I'm just happy he's he's still alive and making <laughs> movies with digital technology. That's wild. That's like a fucking like yeah uh, backhanded. You compliment. said he took his name off of Joker. Is that, was that, was that I mean, that they were reporting that he was an executive producer, but he's not actually, right, his yeah. name isn't on it. So you I don't see. know whether or not he really is, he, if there actually was a discussion Joker. or just a rumor, just like Leonardo DiCaprio was supposedly who they were recording, but Philip says that they were already looking, they were always looking at Phoenix. Mm. So you don't right. know what like names get thrown around just right. to get like good press and shit. So yeah. as far right. as I'm concerned, he's not actually involved in it. Yeah, I guess. There's so. some speculation that he also took his name off of it. Well, A doesn't care, but like he was pursued for it because they wanted to avoid being sued for for copying him so much. Uh, just if he could have his name on it from the get go, yeah, speculation. But you know, who knows? Uh, ben, Marty quotes. Uh, Marty quotes. I don't agree with him <laughs> at all. I think he's just being a senile old man about this old shit. Because I'm just like, look, why like. I get that it's not for him, but the whole 
it's pretentious and condescending, I think, to talk about, like, oh, it doesn't have the emotional thing about psychological human beings. I'm just like, okay, did you only watch, like, Thor the Dark World and Ant-Man and the Wasp and stuff? Because that Justice would be understandable. League. Right, right, right. But I'm just like, you can't, like, watch something like Black Panther or even just, like, some of the, like, the biggest stuff from Endgame that I love, that most people love, had nothing to do with the actual action. It had to do with a lot of the payoffs. Like, Tony Stark's sacrifice is, like, such a big thing. You can't tell me that right. they never really explored like the psychological underpinnings of any of this type of stuff, you flat out had Tony Stark with PTSD in a movie. Right, right, right. So um, I, and people keep bringing up James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy. There's like all these other different examples. So I don't agree and I don't like this condescending nature towards it. That said, I do agree with Maddie in terms of like, that's not going to affect my love for his movies for the ones I love and I'm still going to see The Irishman. So I just... I am done. (laughs) (laughs) Boycott the boycott. Boycott Marty. Boycott. I'm only watching for, Guy Ritchie films. For me, it's like if it was just some jackass saying that's not cinema, I'd be like, okay, buddy. But it is Martin <laughs> Scorsese, fucking that made Goodfellas and all kinds of shit saying that. So I'm like, I get where you're coming from, Marty. Yeah, but also like I'm sure there were days where people he had controversial shit like Last Temptation of Christ and people right. probably were saying that's not cinema either about his shit. Yeah. It's pornography. And also like cinema is art, right? And if the point of art is to fill something, well, I personally felt a lot from Guardians 1, Winter Soldier, Avengers, you know, I mean, I had great times in the theaters and all those movies. Are some of them throwaway? Yes, for sure. I mean, I'll probably never see Ant-Man 2 again in my life. And that's Whoa! Got all <laughs> <laughs> Ant-Man 2 is great. I've seen it like two or three times now. It moves awesome. It's better than the first one. I mean, it's good, but I don't know. Anyway, I'm just saying like some of... Are you saying it doesn't convey emotional, psychological <laughs> experiences to another human being? <laughs> not, not enough to me. Not enough to me personally. Um, what do you know? But you know... It's Bands just, it's just like whatever, dude. Everybody's wait a minute. So Scorsese can say that, but Andrew says it, and they're like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> <laughs> I don't need fucking high cinema every time I fucking go to the theater either. You know what I mean? Like, you, I like the wide spectrum of film, and you know, sometimes you want to fucking watch one thing, and sometimes you're in the mood to watch something else, and that's it. I just that's don't it. like this attitude of being told what cinema is or isn't, even if it's from somebody like Scorsese. Agree. Yeah, true. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's a little bit like it's it also kinda, got way too much press on fucking It's just kind of cute to hear him say such things. You're like, oh. oh yeah, it, it, it's just like go back to counting your money with just a calculator. Yeah, it's, it's like basically like your grandparents being like, oh, you and your funny little like tablets and phones and shit. I'm like, okay, yeah. obviously like, outdated see, ideas. See in the future, gramps. Yeah. <laughs> Eat my dust. Eat my shorts. Dust. Oh, wait, it's from I'll early be able to 90s. just think a movie by the time you're fucking. Deciding whether or not to pull the plug. <laughs> Just kidding. I love you, Marty. Marty and your eyebrows. All right. All of these quotes could be an episode in and of themselves, but let's move on from that to reports of the government warning against incel violence. <laughs> By the way, it is Sunday as of this recording, and basically there's been nothing that has happened, which is good news. But let's go into what people were thinking anyway in the run-up to the movie. Um, io9 reports that the army said that a said that quote a separate memo issued on monday by senior officials in the u.s army's criminal investigation division stated that the army had obtained credible intelligence from texas law enforcement officials pertaining to quote disturbing and very specific chatter on the dark web (laughs) end quote 
Oh, no, that's not an end quote, actually. Anyway, regarding the targeting of an unknown movie theater during their release, so they did, so, that's in the quote there, so they did actually have some activity in this area. Apparently, they did have to probably block somebody, I guess, successfully. Uh, and uh, I actually have the official memorandum in the uh, from the Army themselves, too, actually. Let me read you that real quick. Uh Fort Sill, S-I-L-L, I don't know if that is, CID office received an intelligence bulletin regarding a credible potential mass shooting to occur at an unknown movie theater during the release of the new Joker movie scheduled October 4th, blah, blah, blah. Intelligence bulletin was published by Travis County, Texas Sheriff's Office and working with the local FBI field office. They have discovered dis- disturbing and very specific chatter in the dark web regarding targeting an unknown movie theater. Da, 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 the release already said that, and uh, basically that's it. But yeah, so something seemed like something might have happened, which is yeah sad. Some guy of course, just probably tried to take a shit in his seat or something. <laughs> I don't know. This is if it was dark web terrorism. terrorism. If this report is 100 percent accurate, I yeah. mean, I don't know anything yeah, on the fucking I mean, internet anymore. But I mean, it never did. But definitely now. Um, Sounds dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to get into theater experience, too, in a minute. Uh, but anyway. Theater. Uh, I- IO9 also states that, quote, the gritty film starring Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> as the Joker. <laughs> Phoenix. Phoenix. Hooked on Phoenix. Reportedly <laughs> st- makes strides to depict its titular character in a far more realistic fashion than his comics counterpart. Rather than being transformed into the Joker after falling into a vat of acid, as the villain so often does in depictions of his DC Comics origin, a harsh life compounded by constant mockery and inability to, quote, get the girl, end quote, is what ultimately led to his rise as the infamously batty executioner of comic book lore, end quote. That's from IO9. And then also, Ben, you uh, had more info on this originally, I think, but we had that those reports of uh, Phoenix, Phoenix. Um, <laughs> Andy Wire stated that he he left uh, an interview after being asked a polarized question. Do you want to take that one? Sure. I mean, he was asked, you know, are you worried about Joker perversely, quote, perversely end up inspiring exactly the kind of people it's about with potentially tragic results. Phoenix replied, quote, why? Why would you? No, 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 no. Before abruptly walking out of the interview with that exact tone that I just said. Uh, oh, you saw the video? No, I didn't. I'm just he lost the shit. Probably did have it. <laughs> it probably did sound like that, though. <laughs> probably did, yeah. Um, and then Zazi, Zazi Beats. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going with Zazi. Zazi. Zazi Beats. Zazi? Zazi. Zazi. Zazi no. Beats. Zazi. also asked at Tiff if Joker has too much empathy for his title character, to which she replied, it's kind of an empathy towards isolation and empathy towards what is our duty as a society to address people who slip through the cracks in a way there's a lot of culture of that right now so is it empathy for that or just an observation of personalities who struggle uh so basically she gave a very diplomatic answer about what the movie's about diplomatic i hope she wrote it for herself but it seems like something a pr agent might have written for her it's so well done i think the pr tendrils are all over this film yeah like because yeah they they knew this was going to happen yeah. i think yeah, even the, well, the hype of all the whether or not it would incite violence i think is and we'll, well we're going to get that in a second yeah it's it's really good and then we had this clip of phoenix walking off the set i this is not even an insult. Cher, really? She's singer, actor, dancer, fashion icon. How is that an insult? I can't do this, man. 
Now, what happened uh, there? And then there was publicity stunts. You know more about this as well, Ben, or what? Okay, well, this is about my opinion on it. Okay. Uh, on Jimmy Kimmel. We, we can cut to this part. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so, if you want my opinion on this, I don't trust a goddamn thing that Joaquin Phoenix says in a press junket ever <laughs> since I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Letterman? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, amazing. Right away. None of this type of stuff is actually like him storming out of the interview. You like, sure, promise it. Some of it's probably because he didn't, you know, want to answer that. But also, I'm sure yeah. some part of him wanted to like, like that is a press move. That is something that people would talk about. So there's that. The whole Jimmy Kimmel thing has already been revealed as being like, okay, that was a quote unquote joke outtake that they were that they gave to Jimmy Kimmel. Okay, that's the only way that uh, makes sense. How else does Jimmy Kimmel on ABC somehow get behind the scenes footage secretly from Warner Brothers and airs it, it on live happen. television without getting anybody sued about it? And Joaquin Phoenix is just going to let it happen? Yeah. <laughs> so all this stuff is just, just work. related. I mean, <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> the all this stuff is not all this stuff. Like I don't think necessarily. Like sure, maybe some of the hype around the. I know you said Wolfie about like maybe some of the like incel violence stuff could be somewhat PR type stuff, yeah. but I don't know if they went that far. I mean, there was a moment the other night when the sexual harassment claims against De Niro happened where I'm just like, oh yeah. Part of me was wondering, like, wait a minute, is this just out so that we can root for him getting shot in the head at the end of this movie? Shit. <laughs> like, I'm getting, like, there's so much mind fucking going around with this that, yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this, then you already yeah, have seen you've it. You've walked into spoiler uh, But I was like, even the part where Phillips was like, hey, like, go try to be funny. It says in the Vanity Fair article, having said those words out loud in a room where other people can hear him, I swear to God, he kept talking. <laughs> like, I don't think like Phillips was completely unaware that that would not be controversial. Ron he had Phillips. to know. Yeah. He had to know Ron what Phillips. he was saying and he had to know that was going to be in the press because at no point when talking about the making of this movie did ever talk about, oh, I'm transitioning to, you know, out from comedy to drama because like, you know, woke culture stuff. He never brought that up. He only brought up that he wanted to do a different type of comic book movie. And then suddenly, maybe like a week before the movie is released, he decides to say this controversial quote that gets everybody enraged and he gets the exact same reaction that he's talking about. He's talking about, oh, like people are too outraged these days. And what do people do? They get outraged. You think exactly he's actually trolling? He's I think he's trolling. His audience. Plus, yeah. Arthur makes that comment in the movie. He says right. that in the late talk show hosts, you guys get to decide to be what's funny and what's not. So right, I'm right, like, right. I'm pretty sure all this stuff is some sort of weird Joaquin Phoenix way to blend reality yeah, and fantasy that. together. And Todd Phillips being like, yeah, 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 that's smart. Warner <laughs> Brothers, yeah. Warner Thanks, Brothers Wojewakin, is please. basically <laughs> laughing their way to the bank, as they say in all the headlines because of the whole Joker right. pun. But they right, are right, because right, this right, movie's right. making money. We're talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's oh, going crap. to see it. And we've all fallen for it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Jokes on us, for sure. I mean, we were going to see it anyway. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we're we're kind of uh, the demographic on this one. You know what I'm saying? What did uh, Mark Marin call us? Ma- male nerd child, adult male child, nerd male nerd ch- childs. <laughs> he didn't say children, by the way. Child. He said childs. Yeah, well, <laughs> Mark Marin, you get quote. to be a part of getting watched by those male nerd childs in this movie. Oh, he loves Just that paycheck. Fuck off. He loves a paycheck. Oh my god. All right, so now we're moving on to, into the review section. But before we get to our own review, we have just one more uh, bit of business. We want to go over uh, other reviews leading up to the movie. And, uh, Stefan, if you will look at the Skype chat real quick, I was wondering if you could read this. Do you think Todd Phillips, who co-wrote and directed Joker and references those movies so often you might expect that Martin Scorsese 
was enlisted as an executive producer here as a way of headlining off a plagiarism lawsuit. He dropped out not too long after signing on, however. Really cares about income inequality, celebrity worship, and the lack of civil and in contemporary society. <laughs> the storyline in and of itself is not a total miss, but once the movie starts lifting shots from A Clockwork Orange, and yes, Philips and company got one us to let them use the Saul Bass Studio logo for the opening credits in white on red, yet you know its priorities are less in entertainment than in generating self-importance. As social commentary, Joker is pernicious garbage. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually Glenn Kenny from RogerEbert.com. But okay, let me yes, read. Thank the you. Shit on it review. That was okay. So now we're gonna do the glowing review, which was supposed to be first. But all right, here we go. <laughs> Sorry, I gave him the wrong one. Joker, the film, may ask viewers to empathize with its central protagonist, but it doesn't ask us to forgive him for his increasingly evil choices. As many real-world parallels and inspirations can be uncomfortably drawn from Arthur's descent into violent madness, the film knows he's deranged and not to be romanticized, merely understood. Joker isn't just an awesome comic book movie, it's an awesome movie, period. It offers no answers to the unsettling questions it raises about a cruel society in decline, Joaquin Phoenix fully committed performance of and Rod Phillips's masterful, <laughs> albeit loose reinvention of the DC source material, make Joker a film that should leave comic book fans and non-fans alike disturbed and moved in all the right ways. <laughs> Says Ronnie Smith, age 14. A IGN. <laughs> Juggle top reviewer, Juggalo for life. <laughs> 10 out of 10 leading up to this fucking movie. <laughs> All right. Okay. Chains pulled in, everybody. We're finally there. The review Woo! section. Woo! We made it. All right. Maddie, the fuck did you think about this movie? <sighs> um, I don't think I like movies anymore. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I don't know. I just kind of walked <laughs> out of it and was like, all right, cool. Uh, so... <clears throat> I watch a lot of horror movies, so when they're like, oh my god, Joker's so violent, I was like, yeah, re no, what? Like, yeah, I guess there's some unsettling stuff and more realistic violence, but I didn't, it's nothing I haven't seen before, and I'm sure it's all just like the hype machine being like, oh, let's cause controversy, because it's the first rated R Joker. Thought Joaquin Phoenix was fine as the Joker. To me, Heath just did a better job, and I think it's because I kind of want Batman in this movie. Mm -hmm. I think Joker works better when he's against Batman. I like not knowing a backstory. I don't really need to feel anything for Joker. Like, I mean, like when Heath even says, he's like, my dad put these scars on my face, you know. It's just like, oh, man, that's pretty fucked up. I don't need to see it happen. I didn't like what Joker... Go I mean, I honestly wish he would have just fell in a vat of acid. Like, I don't know, just fucking lean into the Joker, man. This whole, like, oh, we're going to make it like a Scorsese, like, taxi driver movie is like, I'd, I've already seen that movie, and it's great. I don't need to see the Joker that way. Uh, I thought the costuming was cool. I liked a lot of the music and the score I thought was really good. But so there's that scene in the trailer and in the movie where he's like, 
walking down the steps dancing and the cops are at the top of it and it's playing this really popular song which I cannot remember the name of and then it cuts it's called Rock and Roll Part yeah, 2 and yeah and then it cuts to the <clears throat> score and I was like that is the worst music editing I've ever heard yeah I noticed that myself. and it's like and that whole <laughs> scene like in the trailer looks so good cause he's like in slow motion you're like oh man this is him turning this is it but then it's all like normally shot and looks weird and then it slows down and does the score thing and I was like, why didn't you just use the whole score and have him like dancing down these stairs in slow motion? I mean, I'm here for two hours, man. So like fucking I'll be here for five more minutes. Like I just that scene to me, I was like, I, do you even know how to direct a movie? Uh, Rod uh, Philippi? Will um, Rod Thomas. Um, so <laughs> Rod I, Willis, I don't please. know. I, I think Joaquin was good. I would like to see him in uh, a movie <laughs> with with Batman. I think he would be better. Uh, I don't know, and I, so the whole, like, him being on a talk show and being, like, doing his whole spiel and then shooting De Niro in the head, I was like, this is it. This is your, like, he's Joker and he's changing things moment, and I was like, I guess because it's TV and whatever. I don't know, man. I just, like, it was good. It was fine. It was shot well for the most part. I just... I don't know, man. It's like the last couple of time I've been in the movies, I've been like, I don't think I like movies anymore. Because it's like, <laughs> oh, I would just much rather... feeling to get after a movie? <laughs> yeah, I would just much rather go yeah. watch Taxi Driver. Grass grow. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Are we doing, We're like... Generally very are, positive are, I'm speaking for Are we, him. like, doing in theater stuff? We're, uh, hold oh, that okay. thought. We're going right. to get to that next. But, yeah, I mean, at, at no point around. during this film was I, like... Oh my God, be over already. Like, I was there for the journey. I just didn't think when it ended, the journey was that great. Hmm. So. All right. That's my two cents. Wolfie? Yeah. Here we go. You've been waiting on this one. Oh. <laughs> I just will have to say that it's obviously not a movie that is as bad as some of the other DC movies in terms of the way that I approach what I'm about to say. However, I think as a comic book movie, it's, it's all right. It's like kind of looks cool. It's got some cool characters. He hated in it, it, I think. But and then as <laughs> as, as like a, a film in terms of it being good or not, I think as cinema, I don't as cinema. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's a very good movie. I just don't think at its core base levels in terms of like either being interesting, compelling, or entertaining. I don't think it really has too much to offer that we haven't already seen. Um, I think that uh, it's not as deep or as clever or as socially commentative as it portrays itself. Hold on, I wrote some of this down so I wouldn't remember. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, um, and, you know, I don't want to feel sympathy for a sad sack of shit joker who turns because this is the way society willed him. I want to love to hate this villain and not be able to look away from his horrific acts because of the brilliant evil genius that's there. I just don't think this movie's like clever. And I find it kind of funny that for Todd Phillips, who's known for doing comedic films, finally makes a movie called Joker. And it's not even the least bit funny in a comic book kind of way and as much as his experience kind of way like it shows no it shows no semblance of him get getting the character personally honestly and i think it was just kind of like a mediocre movie again looked great costuming's good i find ledger's joker is more interesting in terms of his inception or conception for the for on screen and i 
you know, I think Joaquin Phoenix is awesome. There's some really good moments when he does his like uncontrollable laugh, which I thought was a stupid thing to play throughout the whole movie. This uncontrollable laughter um, disorder or whatever he had. Like, there's a lot about it. I could just pick it apart and pick it apart and pick it apart. But overall, it just didn't do it for me. Um, I think it's kind of a large Scorsese meme with the Joker slapped all over it. And it's not even a Joker I really enjoy. So I was kind of like left underwhelmed. Ben. I think you guys are as insane as the Joker. Cause I fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, I am, I think it comes down to what type of Joker do you prefer? And I think I've seen so many different versions that I start, I've come to find it more interesting seeing, how he came to be or the psychology behind all that rather than a lot of the versions we've seen before where he's kind of just being like, I was thinking about this on the way over because we'll eventually talk about Ledger versus Phoenix. And to me, Heath Ledger, as great as that performance was, he didn't actually play a character. He played a force of nature, but didn't play a human being. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Phoenix is playing a human being who turns evil, who turns, turns into the Joker. And how does that happen? Does it crippen for Scorsese? Yes, but not nearly as much as I was expecting. Um, having recently seen those movies right beforehand. Um, I think that I, the big thing I do disagree with is the feeling of what you guys said in terms of like not feeling anything new, which like, look, if that's how you're feeling, that's how you feel, obviously. But I felt there's a certain, there's something to be said about how it feels new when it's in the comic book movie context. Because Chris Nolan, if you're a Batman fan like us, he didn't actually give you anything new about the character or the world in his movies that you didn't already know as a comic book fan. But as a comic book movie fan, he brought that to life in a way that you hadn't seen before. In a similar way, I feel like with this one, yes, it does crib from some Taxi Driver stuff. It cribs from a little bit from the Killian Joke here and there, combines it. It's not something you haven't already seen that I personally haven't already seen before. But it's done in a way, and it's done in such a, for the, in front of the mainstream audience that I think there's something to be said about the guts to say, like, hey, we're not going to do an Avengers. We're going to do this R-rated thing that's inspired right. by stuff that wasn't really a big blockbuster, but is seen as, like, art cinema. And we're not going to have a heroic character at all in all of this, and Batman is not going to be part of this, and we're going to have any comic book elements of that. And if you told me that was what DC was going to do after all these Justice League attempts, I wouldn't believe it. So the fact that this movie even exists is a fucking miracle in itself right, that, that right, right. it even does. Regardless of whether you know how you actually felt felt about it, uh, little things I liked. I do agree the score was great. I've been listening to it in the car ever since. Um, I did like the addition of him dancing after committing the murder because yeah, it conveys the idea that murder is at his is when he's at his happiest. And I've never really thought about how you would have to convey that outside of him just laughing after killing people. Um, I did get chills in the scene where when Arthur and Bruce meet. Originally, I was just like, I was originally underwhelmed, and then as it got further and further, I got more and more chills, especially when he introduces himself, and you just know that the whole relationship is going to be based off of him trying to get Bruce to smile. Um, they also had the little Easter egg with the bat pole. I, was, I, I said yes, out loud, I like out that. loud, I was like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. part was it? The, when he slides down that bat pole. The kid. The kid does slide down a bat pole. Oh, nice. Which kid? Or a, a Bruce pole. Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I totally oh. I totally thought that, too. Yeah. yeah. I felt yeah. like I, I went over some of the Easter eggs and stuff, and I felt like they're such like kind of a stretch. Like 
I read that as just a kid going down like at a playground. It's definitely. Or whatever, I think it's know? definitely on. Because some so, people yeah. were trying to say like, "Oh, he paid homage to Heath Ledger, kind of with that shot of him being behind the police glass and Ledger being out of it or whatever." In the mm, back of yeah, the I agree with that. And I'm like, That's, this is a just stretch, a yeah. nice looking shot of a dude. You've seen that in every crime movie, is the yeah. Yeah. in the back of the <laughs> car true. with that nice yeah. shot. I'm like, come on, people. Anyway, that's my opinion on that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I there was some controversy, <laughs> not really controversy compared to other stuff in this movie, but there. Excuse me. Ugh. Let me try that again. Let it rip. All right, take two. Uh, there were some there were some opinions about this movie where it was like, uh, you know, maybe they shouldn't have had any of the Thomas Wayne stuff or the Bruce Wayne stuff, and I don't agree with that because I do agree with you guys that. Part. Yeah, like I, I think that you can't really do Joker without Batman or Bruce Wayne being involved in it. Like, name a great Joker story that doesn't have Batman or Bruce Wayne in it. I mean, they just don't write that enough. Uh, they yeah, got close. They ben, I need you to answer that question because I don't know of one. The, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There isn't one. It doesn't exist. There's plenty where, like, maybe he fights Superman, he fights the Justice League, but Batman's not around. But, like, nobody knows with them because they're not that good. Because this yeah. character is based around right. Batman and stuff. So I think you need that. And I think it's kind of a twist on the 1989 Batman where it's just like, yeah, he is kind of the cause behind the death of the Waynes, but he's not the actual shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They do fit well. That. His force caused it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I did like that a lot, um, where it's not as forced as the Burton one, where it's just like, oh, by the way, he killed your parents. Right, as right, As opposed right. to this one, where it's just like, it felt <laughs> Good like... old Jack. Yeah, it felt like the inevitable conclusion to that. Um, the scene... I do agree that he wasn't quite the Joker, but I think that was kind of the point. But I think he wasn't really the Joker to me until uh, really even in the talk show host scene. I was like, eh, like this is still Arthur. The only time where I felt like he was Joker was when he was fucking around uh, with trying with uh, the dwarf's emotions and whether or not he was going to kill him. Yeah, that to me right. was like that oh, is yeah. the unpredictability of the Joker right there. You can don't I, know if he's going to do it or not. Can I just say one thing about that that scene that I didn't the end scene in the talk show or whatever that I didn't get to point out in my little review was that monologue at the end that he gave that's supposed to be like so pivotal and like right before he says you get what you deserve was like the most like whiny back of the class eighth grade protest like I ever heard like there was just absolutely no power behind it anyway sorry go ahead I mean it could have been written better because I'm just like it was on the nose but I mean I get the the gesture in terms of like here's a guy who's been overlooked and stepped on through the whole thing and now he finally gets his time in the limelight and that's what he chooses to do with it so to me, I fucking loved it. <laughs> right on, right on, <laughs> nice. Right on. Uh, well, there are th- some things I didn't like. Okay, sorry, I yeah, forgot yeah, one more yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, hate. I think it should have just ended with him on top of the car. I didn't like it. Yes. It yeah. felt I over felt long. Where I'm just like, why are we in this hospital? Uh, it doesn't add anything to it. God, yeah. choose one to end, motherfucker. Um, yeah. some picky Before, stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know why the fuck the Waynes would go to the movies when they're saying that there's going to be protests going on. Right. I'm yeah. like, that's kind of weird, yeah. but right. okay. Because Thomas is like, we're going to see the gay blade today. Uh, that's another thing. I'm just like, okay, I get that Mark of Zorro, there wasn't really an 80s Zorro movie, but you're going to say that was Mar- Zorro the gay blade. Like, maybe you should like just do a different movie. Yeah, <laughs> no, right, right, that's right. That's the right. best one. Yeah, whatever. That's the gayest one. Uh, that's not the problem. The problem is the the... the uh, you call it a plot hole or whatnot written well. Like, yeah, it's just, just like, said, why yeah. would he 
do that when he knows that this is like a big yeah. thing that's going on. If Thomas Wayne is that in tune Thomas with the Wayne's news, unless, unless like, yeah. he's just so egotistical. Unless he thought that. I mean, to be, he just thought me. there was going to be a protest. To yeah. be fair, he only thought there was going to be a protest. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking my way out of this. Uh, <laughs> there was going to be a protest. You don't usually Instead think, a oh, riot, a protest right. means that I can't go out of side my house. I think that protest is- and riot doesn't mean the same yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. He just, nobody thought that was going to happen. That only started happening because of the, you know, the cop getting killed. Yeah, dude. Know, and, guy, and then all that stuff. They didn't have cell phones. They couldn't check the uh, news real quick on their phone. Come on, man. Maybe it was a Jeez, special engagement. Wait, now you agree with me at this point. <laughs> I did like I did like that they flipped the dynamic of like having Thomas Wayne being portrayed as a scandalous political person. That was cool. And the part where where he thought for a minute that he was actually his son and there was this weird for a half second like disparity between brothers kind of thing going yeah. on. And then I also like that no you were adopted and he's kind of like now he's really a nobody. I loved that, and that's kind of where the movie like lost me. Sorry to yeah. wait. You love that, and that's where it lost. I me? liked those elements of the oh, film, but that's after that, it just like didn't like. Then they went back to Zazzy Beats, and I was like, "Why is she here?" Yeah. Other than to be like, he can't get a date. You know what I mean, or whatever. It's like that's such a total waste of her talents. She was like absolutely She's barely necessary yeah. in in the movie. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, and last thing, I didn't really like, and was really picky, <laughs> but I didn't care for the Alfred <coughs> that they had in this. Uh, to be fair, he's oh, the yeah. first Alfred with facial hair I liked since how Alan Napier. Was. Yeah, I'm oh, just like, yeah. he's, he doesn't look like the character. He doesn't really act that much like the That's character. True. He's fine yeah. in, the, in the actual part. The actual performance is fine. It's just, I'm like, if you're going to get one guy to play Alfred, you might as well get somebody who looks like the comic book or something who looks like the other Alfreds we've seen. You I, know? I, I'm yeah, just yeah. like, eh. I wish he wouldn't have been so, yeah. like, when he's, like, the... Uh, um, Joker's uh, like squeezing his neck. He wouldn't have looked so afraid. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. I just like. I don't mind like, that. Unhand me, you scourge. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I don't mind that as much, just because like starts fencing. Yeah, and Joker, not all the, the Alfreds are a badass. Like slapped him. He fences even in Batman sixty six. I just <laughs> yeah, that's true. I just I kind of yeah. I guess I agree with you with the. Uh, I wish Alfred like when he walked on screen, you'd be like, oh shit, that's Alfred. The whole time I was like, yeah. is this Alfred or? Yeah, Who the like fuck that is too. this? Yeah, British I, I, guy around Bruce. Yeah. yeah, like if he looked like... The, yeah. First off, if he looked like the comic book Alfred come to life, then I would have fucking lost my shit because I've always wanted an Alfred who looks like the comic book Alfred yeah. <laughs> rather than just taking been... some random British dude and just making him be himself. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but, do do like, you this... think from Todd Phillips' perspective that was like too Rod on Williams. the nose? Rod uh, Rod I mean, maybe, <laughs> but... Know, so he's like, I'm going to do my, you know, this is Guy Ritchie version Yeah, but we also have that like seeing where Thomas Wayne is just like what type of coward would do this only a man in a mask like yeah. he's not above putting in like references to it right and, and I like that actor thing. but they could have did a better Thomas Wayne I guess it was a smaller budget never mind he was it was weird because he was Should've in the Dark Knight Bridges so he was, he was the senator like the Catwoman seduces yeah. in the beginning oh, yeah that's right though originally it might have been more that guy before. it might have been more distracting originally because they offered it to Baldwin they offered it to Alec Baldwin Ooh, originally. never mind perfect casting uh, could not stand a second of Alec Baldwin I'll tell you that much right fucking now <laughs> liberal um alright <laughs> is that it Ben or that's it for me now it's your turn okay <sighs> man I wrestled with this one very tough I'm in between uh, Stefan and Maddie's low opinion and your super high opinion, I am. And I gotta say, I said this to Stefan whenever, to Wolfie, whenever we walked out of the theater, if I had seen this movie when I was 25, this movie would have been the greatest fucking theater experience I've ever had in my entire fucking life. Like Boondock Saints. 
better than that. <laughs> Way better. Like, but God, it's just, will be. I'm actually, like, upset with myself in how much I've grown. Like, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know what it is. Like, it's similar to what Maddie said about, I don't know if I can like movies anymore. You guys Not are all quite old. as bad as Maddie, I think, but, God, it's just like. I don't know. It's like I'm more upset at myself. Like I feel like I should have enjoyed it more, and I did. I did enjoy it, and the script is written very well. Like it's a character piece. It takes from Scorsese probably a bit too much at times, but like the beats all make sense, and it's very powerful. And I did feel something about mental illness. Like I felt like, man, we gotta fucking up this mental illness game. You know, we gotta fucking like start helping people out this thing's not happening it's not having any jokers to happen in the real world anymore Mexican joker no mexican joker <laughs> but but like i don't know like maybe i went in with like really high expectations because of the 10 out of the 10 and all this other stuff maybe that killed a little bit for me that probably was it for a little bit but um like yeah i i liked it a lot i don't know um i was very hesitant about the Donald Trump, Thomas Wayne walking into it too, but I thought that was a good change. It worked for this movie. I do view this movie as an Elseworlds story, uh, like the comics, and uh, so it's cool to take liberties like that. The Bruce stuff was cool. 100% agree with Ben. It should have uh, had that dolly back from from when he's on the car. Fade to credits. That's you you in there. That's it. Boom. You're done. Perfect. And the blood with the smile. Oh, I thought that so was fucking that was awesome. Good. It's also incredible to see how a supervillain can attain henchmen. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, that's how old does Joker get people? Because you a, can, this explains it. A realistic way to get crazy people on your side because you are crazy too. Like Mentally ill. Mentally ill. Mentally ill. Uh, For the PC and, audience. Uh, and, and things like that. And I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just... I, I, the laughing disorder thing. I agree with you a little bit, a, a little bit on that. Like he, I feel I did actually really like it, but I, maybe there was like one or two times where he used it a bit too much, and like him crying too. It's like crying it's just, while laughing. I cr- love that. The, the crying and all that. I feel like my. It was a bit. It just got too, Andrew. Too dark just get edge, into the dark edge side. for well, me. Come over. Yeah. No. My <laughs> join us. <laughs> My context for that was just because, you know, going in before the movie came out and some of the press and Joaquin Phoenix being asked about, like, research he'd done or whatever for the Joker talked about how he's like, I based my laugh, and, like, the laugh is, like, the key thing for your Joker. He's yeah. like, I based my laugh on the laughter of, like, maniacal people. No, 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 no have, not maniacal, not maniacal but actual illness. With, like, about. A uncontrollable laughter or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And the first few times in the movies when you hear him really get that nice high clicky laugh into the back of his throat I was like that's cool but then when it was actually a plot point in the movie I was like damn you like didn't even need that you had me at that's my research that's, but that's for me the movie rings a lot like everything is very literal and I think people are like yeah that's what we need to be hearing saying and viewing and it seems like it just it wasn't very clever in its execution in terms of like stuff like that it would have been more clever if it was just part of his research and I don't know See, what I liked about it is that, like, you get to see the difference between his conditional laugh versus a genuine laugh that he actually is able to get yeah, at the end right, where he actually right, right. is happy. Yeah. At, he's Because this is a man who finds out that he's happy murdering people. Yeah, right. And right, yeah. seeing that contrast at the end was, I thought, was, like, really cool. Like, that's the one thing that Todd Phillips has, has brought up 
that about the hospital scene at the end where I'm just like, okay, maybe I'll let that slide is the fact that the laugh that he gives to that social worker is the only laugh he gives that's his actual genuine laugh. It's the actual one that he's actually uh, having. Right, right, that he's right, having right, fun. Right. I will say at the end when he walks out and his footprints are red would be a really cool mm. scene in a comic book. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah. For, but I would like, oh, I agree. Yeah, I was just, I wish that was in a different context. Oh yeah, for sure. You could have started the movie like that or something and been like, oh, so we're gonna mm. get to the point. Yeah. Like, how did he get here? So now we're gonna watch the movie, or you could just cut it and use it as a deleted scene, and it would have been fine. Yeah. I I liked sympathizing with the Joker too. I did. I think that was cool. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not sympathizing with his acts, of course. Right. But it's 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 like the Breaking Bad thing, or you know, you're following. That's why you say protagonist instead of good guy. Like I like following somebody's, I guess you could say, descent into madness. Definitely, like it's definitely gets crazier as it gets along, and it's. I don't I, think it me, got that, that was crazy, a cool journey. Though. Yeah, it didn't get. I felt like it was really pretty tame as well in terms of you like think, the but, level of violence, but like and, shooting somebody on a TV show. Well, I think it's. Again, people were bringing up that violence because yeah. of the context of the right. fact of what we usually get from these yeah. movies, not because it yeah, is I mean, on its own that. more violent for than sure, anything else. For sure, for sure. I think but that's I mean, why it's brought you up. People didn't evidence really everywhere that, that you did that too. Like he, that's definitely like you don't care about yourself anymore. That's a that's a mm-hmm. sign of insanity, right? You know what I mean. So I think that's that's all part of so it. So bef- yeah. when they started getting all upset about all this violence that was happening in the Joker movie, I was like, y'all realize it? Chapter two just came out, and that motherfucker eats children. Oh yeah, and yeah, you all yeah, are getting a, upset about a guy. Sh- like, I mean, I get it. It's violent and it's it's hard to watch and stuff. Yeah. But I, I was like, yeah, uh, there's a horror movie that just came out about a entity that disguises itself as a clown to eat children, and you see it eat children, and it's rated R. <laughs> I was Spoilers. Like, uh, I think it's that score, that really dark, realistic Scorsese tone. I agree. It's more yeah. realistic than it is. You know, where like I mean? they can watch it and be like, well, yeah. it's a horror thing. It's supposed yeah. to be like this. Yeah, but it's a made-up like, comic book Joker. character. Like, yeah. have some I, fucking perspective. I, I don't. I agree. It's just I understand it because people were watching this and they're like, oh, it's about a mentally ill person who decides to plan out and do a violent act, yeah. and that's why people were freaking out. And I, I understand it. I don't agree with it. I don't think you know. I don't think this movie obviously was made to glorify anything. Go watch. And I don't think. Go watch Halloween mm-hmm. 2019, dude. Yeah. I mean, again, this is all this is all because people see different stuff in different contexts. There's yeah. a huge body count in all the John Wick movies and all those horror movies, but people yeah, aren't yeah, complaining because yeah. yeah. they go in and they expect that. You give something they don't expect and something and suddenly like Wait, you these know, people haven't read I these, expected these, Wait, you're myself, telling me people haven't know. read Joker comics before? Oh man. Hmm, that's strange. It depends though. Oof, like it's, there's a difference between seeing a comic book thing of somebody laughing themselves to death with a, with a smile on their face versus seeing De Niro get shot in the head in a yeah. mainstream R-rated, you know, thing. Right. It should have been a punchline to a joke. Should have been an actual joke. Like I agree yeah. like I prefer <laughs> right. my jokers to be funny yes. and scary at the same time. Yes. So he didn't have that in him, but I didn't mind it in yeah. the context of this movie. With with what Andrew was saying, like I personally don't vibe with the idea that like anybody could be Joker. It's kind of what this picture paints to me. Could anybody who's pushed far enough could be the Joker? I don't get that. Though. I think that, I didn't get I that. Agree. That's yeah, what I the movie's Andrew. saying with this character. You know, it's like Arthur Fleck. So I'm not saying any. Jotham body. says that a little Jack bit, actually, Napier, right? You know? But this and, uh, movie does not. And I do feel that. like Rod Willips. <laughs> I feel like Rod Willips. Like, Wilson Phillips. I think he designed <laughs> the environment of Gotham solely for the purpose of being able to make this particular Joker work. And I think it's like kind of shallow because it doesn't really feel like there's like enough leap for this little meek 
guy who's picked upon to just totally turn. But you and, don't think he was beating up enough? Uh, well, <laughs> well, I mean, physically, I guess. Like but I the, said, the, it was all the, very the literal. Point that this guy has, you know, uh, you know, not just anybody, but this is a guy that has a s- abusive past and also uh, yeah. what you call it. Um, God knows how many illnesses. I didn't. Yeah, he's got. He's his... got. He's got to, what congenital mental illness, whatever you call it, like hereditary mental illness. Yeah. Like there's definitely like some major factors going on here that he's not like everybody, but he is. He's he's the have-nots. He's you know like the the dregs of society, I guess you could say. Like so, you push somebody with all of these particular factors in a comic. I mean, movie, and like then what this, is that saying? That's ridiculous. I mean, do you not like the the killing joke though? Uh, I like the comic, yeah. But but you're saying but, somebody yeah, but this is the same idea. It's off the like, same idea. This is gonna be it's vague. It, the movie is saying that it's partially saying that yeah, it is kind of society's yeah. fault that stuff like this happens. Yeah, but it's not supporting these buy people it. that it's need like, help. Yeah, for I, as realistic as it was portrayed, I didn't like buy the turn. I didn't buy that this particular person is Joker of Joker fame and lore. You know, but that's but that's a thing where you kind of let it go with the Elseworlds nature of it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, this it, is it fits not this like, version. And then Batman that, Begins is like a canon Joker, more yeah. or less. And then at this that point, is an Elseworlds and story. And at that point, yeah. to me, that being said, it feels flavorless. You know, it's just like it didn't have any real interesting personality in terms of like what set Joaquin Phoenix's Joker apart from any of the others, aside from the obvious things. And I think that's indicative. Of like the whole film is like all very obvious in its execution conceptually I mean, I think he had enough personality yeah. it's i don't know i mean i see i kind of see what you're yeah. saying but i'm, I'm retreading old complaints i don't know man <laughs> i can't 100 percent agree with that yeah but i can't a certain percentage i think it works i think his journey works for this version of the journey if i come out of this expecting him to turn into the comic book joker then yeah he doesn't measure up but also i'm not expecting him to turn into the comic book joker yet it's about the origin of him it's about him turning into into that and I, I have to take it off of the context of what they give me rather than because I don't need to keep seeing more and more of the same Joker stuff I like that they went in different direction I don't mind the fact like yeah as I said I prefer my Jokers to be funny and scary the fact he wasn't funny though I'm not going to hold it against the characterization because this particular version didn't seem like he was supposed to be and it seemed to fit that for my for my taste hey everybody it's Andrew I just wanted to tell you about our friend Israel's retro gaming shop Retro Co. If you go to retro-ko.com, you'll be able to see all of his retro gaming goodies. If you wanted to get that Sega Saturn hidden gem from back in the day, or if you wanted to get the Famicom disc system that you never got as a kid, or any other type of retro game that you were into, or uh, import game, please go to retroco.com. That's retro-ko.com. And if you use the Superhouse code Johnson's Ballsack, you'll be able to get a little bit of a discount at checkout. So please, once again, if you could just go to retroco.com, you can also go to facebook.com slash retroco with no hyphen. That's R-E-T-R-O-K-O. You'll be able to find him on Facebook as well. If you were looking for that PlayStation import game that you never got, if you were looking for that Mega Drive game that you never got, or any other kind of retro game, any import game, it could even be European. Israel also curates bundles at RetroCo, and he'll curate that bundle just for you. So please, go check him out. If you put in the code Johnson's Ballsack at checkout, you'll receive a Superhouse discount. He's, he 
it's not quite 100% complete that character arc anyway until the very end. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? So if there is a sequel, who knows? I mean, they're probably going to be pressured like fuck to make one. I could see Joaquin being the one actor that'd be like, no, but... But I read something different. Really? I read he that might he, do he, he's thinking of, like, you know what, I'm getting obsessed with this character. Well, it's a hit He said now, that, really? You know? Is yeah. that actual yeah. from a real source? That's crazy. Then again, as I said, I wouldn't trust anything that he's saying in the press. So <laughs> True. Yeah. I just said that, so yeah. I will not hold that too much on it. But, yeah, I mean, they'll definitely... There's, uh, we, we know there's going to be stuff from the studio about it. He could fuck with the press, for sure. I could right. definitely yeah. see like, that. Guess what? I'm not actually going to do it. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, and and I, Wolfie, I think you like this scene. Um, the the scene where he's chasing the guy down, uh, when he does his first kills, that was fucking incredible. Oh, man. the subway. Yeah. That was that was fucking. Incredible. That was good. Uh, maybe I could have done with more of that. I actually like more more I, more of him actually killing and being happy, like finding this height of joy he's not yet seen, as opposed to the little dance he did. Which was like, all right, that's kind of cool, artsy, but it was like no greater than Jared Leto just sitting there squirming in his straight jacket. I was just like, show him. See, I don't know about that. Yeah, because (laughs) I feel like the the dance is cool because he's it's a. It seems like a way of dealing with stress because he does it right after. He does it right after a high stress situation. He only does it around. Yeah, he only does it around violence. Like that's it's supposed to. That's what it's supposed to represent. At least it did for yeah. me. Like that's what I brought. That's up when we should have heard a more natural, uh, unrestrained laughter is after he killed those guys. Or and maybe maybe the he subway. thinks of really good I, jokes. After I guess he kills my whole someone. thing too, mm-hmm. and like, cool. as much as you guys liked it, like I'm not saying it's like terrible or anything like that. And just my own personal opinions, I didn't like it. But it. Um, oh fuck! What was I gonna say? I think it's. I don't lost that thought. Cut that shit out. <laughs> All right. On to the next part. Moving on. So we're going to get to Indeeds later on, but let's uh, let's talk about uh, theater experience because we've actually had this section on before. Before we had, you know, the crazy, like, warnings about incel violence. We would just talk about our theater experience anyway. Uh, there used to be a full-on section. So let's bring it back. And uh, Maddie. What was your theater experience like? Um, so I went to this little theater. I don't really care for it. It's an AMC. Um, <laughs> okay. It's like a 21 and up place. They serve alcohol, so only 21 year olds can get in. Uh, 21 and ups can get into it. Um, so I go in and there's a cop there. I've never seen a cop there before. I've seen several movies. It's really close to my house, and I was like, all right. I mean, fair enough. Who knows what the fuck's gonna happen with this movie? Because previously at work, someone was like, oh, my God, fucking people just, like, can't get, like, it's just a movie. I was like, yeah, well, people do fucked up shit, and I don't care that there's cops or they're trying to prevent another tragedy like at Dark Knight Rises. I'm fine with it. Whatever. I'm just going there to see a movie, right? So I go down, I sit down, I'm enjoying Joker. So I have, like, a hoodie on, like, I kind of have on now, and I have my hood up because I'm just comfortable that way. And the cop walks in, and I'm sitting towards the back because it was like the, I thought... It was going to fill up this a lot quicker, and I just didn't want to have to, like, get out of a seat if I had to use the bathroom because I was coming straight from work, and I do a lot of heavy lifting, and I drink a lot of water, so I was like, ah, might have to leave during some point as movie, use the bathroom. So a cop comes in, and I was like, I had my hood up, and I, I could see him out of my uh, the side of my eye, and I was like, oh, man, maybe I should put my hood down. Is this guy looking at me? Uh, and then I got really in my head about it, and so I, like, put my head hood down, and I was like, uh, all right. So I just sat there. It was, it was weird. I've never had that experience. I've never had a cop in a theater with me. Didn't like take like for a moment. I think I was like kind of out of the movie, but I don't think that was had anything to do. It was a it was strange, but 
maybe a little comforting that like they uh, theater cared enough to be like, hey, we want people to have a good viewing experience and make it safe for people. So that was my experience watching uh, Joker. <laughs> Steph and I were in the same theater, actually, but what was your experience? I like, was behind Steph? him a fair bit. He didn't see me during the film. I saw I, you walk up, actually, but yeah. we were already, it was like, it would have been, actually, I was a little bit too weirded out to be a, about being like, hey, like, yeah, I thought I was going to get fucking shot. So I was just like, <laughs> I'll just let fucking Wolfie just go sit. <laughs> yeah. That's why I didn't say anything it to you, fine. but I did see you walk to your seat. So during the trailers, I'm sitting there eating my nachos, right? <laughs> and this fucking and this fucking cop next to me reaches over and starts stroking me off. Woo! Ooh, nice. So the nachos are pretty good at the Santa Anita AMC. Did you 16. get some uh, cheese on your ping um, ping? Luckily, that cop. Well, I was like, "What are you doing?" And he's leaning close and whispered in my ear, "This is for your own protection." <laughs> so I let him finish, and luckily that was much before the trailers. Other than that, it was kind of cool being able to stare at the back of Bush's head while I got stroked off by somebody who I perceived to be a cop. I mean, why would he say that? Damn, that was a great experience, bro. I didn't know that was going on back there. Um, <laughs> Better than the movie. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> you watched it with such clarity. Um, yeah, so uh, I was expecting to see cops there. At our AMC screening, uh, I didn't see any personally, other than one jacking you off. Yeah, he was but, incognito. <laughs> but um, <laughs> sorry, which theater is this again? Uh, I gotta AMC go. <laughs> In the red light district of. I thought there, I thought Montello. it was going to be something, and I was nervous. Like I was actually was nervous going in and I did part of me actually liked it. I was like, Oh, art's dangerous again. Fuck. Yeah. Motherfucker. But then I was like, why am I so excited about this? <laughs> 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 I'll tell you this so, right now. It doesn't matter if I'm in a school a restaurant or a movie theater. I ain't afraid of no motherfucking shooter, baby. You just see first thing me jump over that fucking guard railing like Black Panther or some shit. I'll be the first to leave all my I friends I will dive me. like a peregrine falcon <laughs> through the shooter's body armor before he can even get one shot off. I'm Easy. consistent, baby. I'm never worried about that. <laughs> um, I was worried uh, just because we actually literally had the fucking guy calling himself the Joker killing people in Aurora and Colorado fucking like 10 years ago or something at this point. And all those reports and cell violence and whatnot. But yeah, as of this recording anyway, there was there hasn't been anything apparently. Um, so that's cool. And uh, I guess that's it as far as theater experience for me. Uh, ben? There's an armed guard at mine. And uh, similar to Maddie, I had my own paranoia moment where I also felt like maybe I should go to the bathroom. And typically, if you have to go in the middle of the movie... You want to run to the bathroom, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Oh, yeah. The theater is staged in a way where I have to run down one hallway, past the guard, then to the bathroom, and I'm like, if I'm running from this movie and the guard sees me, is that going to tip him off or make him think, wait a minute, something's going on in that movie? Especially if I'm running in a hurry. Oh man! I ended up holding it through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this as well. Does it matter if I'm in a movie theater or a library? I ain't afraid of no goddamn cop with a gun neither. I'll do what I like if I need to pee. Run to the bathroom. Right, well, I, I dre- should just pee I, on him next time. I Cut drove to Colorado, man. Shot in theater <laughs> in uh, Los Angeles. I drove right here. through the gates of JPL today <laughs> to ask him about a tour. That cop looked at me like I was crazy. We go driving to fucking JPL. He drives right past a fucking security guard, expecting <laughs> nothing a to happen. Lot. <laughs> he looked at me like I was nuts. And he's, oh he's like, "What are you here for?" I was like, "Do you guys give tours?" 
Who just shook no, his head no. No, son. But man, he had a gun, whatever. I ain't afraid of no gun. <laughs> there right. was some paranoia Boom-maker. on it. We deliberately picked a theater that was in a, inside of a mall because we thought that was less likely. Again, this uh, is like, we're in Burbank, so we're just hide. like, this is probably not going to happen, but... That's where well. you least expect, man. Yeah, it does. So we <laughs> dude, go mall, shootings at the, malls happen. Dude, I worked in a mall for three years, and yeah. don't go see a movie in a mall. Don't. All right, well, we did, did, did and shot? I survived. We, did. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all did, and we survived. But I got to have my Cinnabon and my Panda Express. Um, I, I clock the armed guard. I clock the fact that there's a sign that says no face paint. I go inside. I clock the fact where the exits are in there. There's about three or four times where people are randomly getting up in the middle of the movie to go to the bathroom and it just felt a little weird frisked. to me and also yeah, but that's your paranoia 100 percent, right there. yeah yeah but then also I i'm just like hell, by the way. how <laughs> there was like some radio that went off there was like some theater employee that came in like something oh, fuck. it i'm like it starts making you feel like something's happening so you immediately start seeing like okay like the armrest in front of me are somewhat empty i can slide down there and all that not to turn this into psa but like you run through your head in terms of like homeland security says First off, you try to run or escape. If you can't do that, then you hide. And if you don't do, and if you can't do that, then you do what you can and fight. Yeah, for sure. Yes. In all honesty, I did have a lady sitting next to me whose phone went off like right when the movie started. She just sat through like twenty minutes of trailers, and then as soon as the movie starts, her phone goes off, and I'm I like, hear that. "Lady, have you never been to a movie before? <laughs> they just told you, and that turn that shit off. I'm trying no, to get no, a no, hand job over here. <laughs> this cop is this cop this is cop amazing. <laughs> Dropping my anyway, knob. Wait, did, so the and cop, I was just like, really? The cop was stroking off, but he didn't say anything when the <sighs> phone went off. Yeah, he he's too a terrible it, cop. Terrible cop. <laughs> he's really good at guys. hand jobs, though. I mean, it was mediocre. Sure, at that was best. The whole experience was the best part. Was the nachos? Tell you that much. Wow. All right. So the, the hand job wasn't that good then. Eh. Okay. Never mind. That's the Don't way it goes. We hit on this a little bit a little bit before, but uh, let's go a little bit more in depth here real quick. Uh, the differences and additions to, to canon. Sure. Uh, I, mainly, I, uh, what I noticed was uh, Thomas Wayne. Let's actually start off with Ben on this one. What do you think? I mean, if you start with me, then I'm just going to keep ranting and stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like you'll tee, you'll tee up uh, everybody else really well. Okay, all right. So um, I'm actually going to go a little off tangent just to bring up, because I'm just like, I, I, what I wrote wasn't necessarily changes from canon so much as changes from canon plus re- references to other things that most of our audience might not already know about. And I'm going to actually start with the Scorsese stuff. Okay. So, obviously, there's a lot of big influence of the Scorsese movies. If you're listening to this podcast and saw the movie but aren't familiar with the filmography, I'm going to go into that. But, obviously, King Comedy is the biggest one because it's The Taxi Driver? King Comedy more than Taxi Driver, in my opinion. Uh, I I feel a little opposite, actually, but go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, Taxi Driver has the overall story of a lonely man's descent into insanity leading up to a big, violent act. But, I mean, King Comedy... That's true, King Comedy has... It has the black girlfriend. It has him living with his mother. It has the whole talk show hopes he's obsessed with. There's the whole imagining how it'd be like on the show. There's him having hallucinations of what happened or what haven't happened. Now, obviously, there's enough... Oh, yeah, you're right. It's more like King Comedy. It's way more like King Comedy, but with the violence of Taxi Driver. Like, it's got the taxi driver type scenes of, like, him alone with the gun, him watching TV. It's most like Trading Places with Bill Uh, Murray. It's got a lot more of Trading Places in it. He's Uh, uh, selling um, uh, shower curtain rings in one scene. A hostage situation. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of planes, trains, and automobiles. Go ahead, Ben. Uh, You could say there's some of some of the other Scorsese movies, like, 
it's a stretch though, because like supposedly there's people are also thinking of like Mean Streets and Raging Bull, but I'm like Raging Bull maybe the way the comedy club was shot, I don't know. And then Mean Streets, the fact that it ends in a car accident, but I mean that's kind of like a coincidental thing maybe. Uh, one of the other influences that was brought up that Phillips brought up was The Man Who Laughs, and that's a 1920s movie right. where German actor Conrad Veidt is uh, playing Gwenplaine, who is a clown in England in like the old times, who um, when he was young, his mouth was carved into a smile because of his father's crimes. And so he grows up always smiling and everyone interprets him as laughing when he's not actually laughing. Yeah. Crying on the inside, bro. Yeah. And um, Conrad Veidt was playing off the contrast of him having to smile while crying. Uh, and you can see that it's a silent movie, and it's on it's public domain because of how old it is. So you can see it on YouTube if you want. Um, it's 1928, correct? Yeah, yeah. And shots of him painting his face by the mirror, and if you look at how he looks like, you realize, oh, this is where we got the visual of the Joker from. Yeah, it's he looks very just close. like him. It's close. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in terms of references to other versions of canon, we got a whole bunch of shit that I was surprised about. Um, First off, Thomas Wayne being a political candidate, this is not the first time. If you listen to our deep dive in Batman 89, you know the Tom Mankiewicz script, which also had Thomas Wayne as a political candidate whose death was somewhat engineered by the Joker. Um, and then he was a candidate for mayor in Earth One. If you guys are familiar, if you guys are familiar with, uh, if you guys listened to our uh, 1989 deep dive podcast on uh, the 1989 Batman movie, you might have heard me talk about the Tom Mankiewicz script in that one. Thomas Wayne is a political candidate who is shot down during the time of his candidacy, and the Joker is involved in the death. More directly, because he's the one who hires Joe Chill, but there's a similarity there. And he was also a candidate for mayor in Jeff Johns' Earth One. Um, Joaquin Phoenix lost 52 pounds for this role. 52? Yeah. Because he was pretty chunky when he first got the role, and I was like, how is this going to look? But then he like lost all... Because like, he's abnormally thin. That shit reminded me of The Crow, by the way. Just like a very thin slash... He's even thinner than Fit. Brandon Lee, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, yes, Brandon Lee is just like, well, they wanted him to look like uh, Iggy Pop, but anyway, yeah. just that with the face makeup. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Uh, so this anorexic-looking Joker is kind of like the Neil Adams Joker in a way that I think they, they wanted to make him thin to catch to match up with the comic book sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This is also kind of the uh, first time since the 50s where we're given somewhat of an explanation for the Joker name. Because in the original right, version, right, right. Red Hood falls into the chemicals at the Monarch Playing Card Company. And he's like, oh, because the playing card is responsible for my face, I'm the Joker. And that's how he went with it. In this one, he claims it's because Murray calls him Joker, but I went to the movie with someone who had already seen it, and she said that he does not actually call him that. No, I heard that. Really? Yeah. He says Joker. He says, he's what's a, this Joker he doing de- over he, here no, or something a, like that? It's, no, it's very offhand, but he does say it. Yeah. I caught it. On when he's on TV presenting, yeah, the thing. yeah, yeah. the he first says, time, yeah, he yeah. says, he says, who does this guy think he is? Some kind of Joker or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's in there. It's fairly natural, but it's also like uh, it's a new explanation for that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Big reference to Dark Knight Returns talk show. Yep. Right down to the fact that the previous guest is a elderly woman who talks about sex a lot. Uh, that is in the Dark Knight Returns. That is a reference to uh, a character called a woman, a real woman called Doctor Ruth. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that was whenever. <laughs> by the way, 
whenever I was like 12, instead of getting the talk from my parents, <laughs> my her. dad handed over a book from Dr. Root. Like, oh, did you read this, son? That's and why that's you're all it. fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all I got. I never got the talk from my parents. It was mm. Dr. Ruth's book. Anyway, go ahead, Ben. Uh, Joe Bertegli <laughs> makes his debut on television in the public airways, which is kind of similar to in his first story, he would always announce his crimes on the radio at the time because it was 1940. But mm-hmm. um, similar thing, whenever they retell that story, it's always the television. Um, so origin similarities. Uh, obviously, The Killing Joke was mm-hmm. a big influence. The fact that he's a failed sure. stand-up comedian. The fact he says, I had a bad day. Mm-hmm. Um, him being abused as a child by his father or his mom's boyfriend just feels like it's kind of tied into a number of different ones. There's the Gotham version with Jerome Valeska, there's Mad Love, where he claims to Harley Quinn that his dad abused him. There's the Dark they Knight. They say that in Mad Love? Yeah, he says, God, you know, the, first, the only time that. my dad was happy was blah, 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 and how, wow. like, his dad abused him, and that's how he gets Harley to What about um, with him. the radiator thing was something made for this movie, right? It was. It's just the idea of him being abused as a little kid is not... Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's not necessarily something that... Uh, it's not a new thing, really. And did the radiator... I, I missed this line. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember or anything, but uh, did it actually cause physical brain damage, too? Or is that they all... They did manage the... Yeah, they did mention something about brain damage. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's not just hereditary. Yeah, and then also uh, there's another version where, as a kid, his aunt would feel like he was unclean, so she kept bleaching his skin. So this whole history of abuse is, is common. Him killing his mom is also similar to a couple other versions. There's the Gotham version. There's the one in um, an issue of Brave and the Bold where the Adam has to go inside uh, the Joker's brain and he sees a flashback of him burning the house down that contains his parents in them. Wow, and so it, they've talked about this a lot. Uh, let's see, the nickname Happy, which is what uh, his mom calls him uh, in Paul Dini's version of it. And I just posted this on Instagram. Um Hap or Happy was kind of a nickname that Paul Dini's version of Joker kind of would used to go by. Um, the actual Joker look with the blue around the eyes is similar to how he's drawn in a comic called Batman the Dark Prince Charming by Enrico Marini. And um, I don't know, I really like the the new design on it because I like the, the neatness of it uh, while still kind of being new to it. Uh, biggest tie that I saw in terms of similarity between this Joker and another one is... Tying into my favorite version of the uh, Joker origin, which was the Telltale games. Because in both this and the Telltale game, he is a, you know, just a guy. You start meet him as originally a guy with mental illness who's initially harmless, kind of nice, but also something off about him. Has spent some time in a mental institution, already has sort of the clown makeup or skin color type of thing. Uh, They also say in Telltale's version that uh, he laughs when he's nervous. So okay, there's a yeah. scene where um, Bruce Wayne finds him over the bodies uh, of the first people that he's killed in the game. And uh, John Doe is what he's called before he calls him the Joker, uh, laughs and says, sorry, I laugh when I'm nervous. And um, it's ambiguous whether or not he killed them in self-defense or if he just uh. killed them, killed them. Uh, and this is also a universe where Thomas Wayne is not the upstanding citizen that you would think he is. In fact, he does have a history of throwing his enemies into Arkham Asylum in the Telltale okay. game. So there's a lot of different um, 
things in there. The Telltale versions are my favorite versions still of the Joker origins because I prefer a Joker whose descent is tied directly to Batman or Bruce. This one Mm -hmm. was a little more indirect. So if you guys heard our past episode on the top 10 Joker origins, I got to revise my ranking. Telltale ones are still number one and two because there's two different versions. But this one takes the number three spot. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Um, so I do find it superior to the previous adaptations, of it, like live-action movie adaptations. I while think it, while I, you were saying this, it yeah. kind of reminded me of, um, like, I feel like the Joker's not just, this is kind of like a whole thematic thing, but I feel like the Joker's not just funny because he's a comedian that's just part of it. I think it's okay part. I think it's a good addition that Alan Moore brought. But generally, especially since Nolan, and Nolan didn't make this up, I'm sure, but like he's he f- sees the cracks in society so much that nothing is serious anymore. Mm-hmm. He can't take the world seriously it's anymore. So he yeah. just he can just laugh at it and nothing matters. Nobody's I lives like matter. It's this extreme nihilism. I love that. See, and I think that this also is kind of, he loses faith in humanity in a sense, especially in the end, so I feel Mm -hmm. like that theme is still there in this film. Right, yeah, I think it's, I find it superior to the Killing Joke version because I always felt the Killing Joke version was kind of just still a light switch where he's just like, oh, just one bad day. Like, this guy is a slower descent that I think feels more believable to me at least yeah, yeah. for sure i mean if you're fucking Fair beat point. up that much and again both emotionally and hereditary physically. mental and physical you know mm. i want to say physical mental but you know i could have done with a little damage. bit more of like a nihilistic yeah. edge yeah yeah a little yeah. bit i just or maybe earlier on but i just feel like that's yeah. raised good points i don't know i feel like i still got that from the end like i still just felt the that end that's though the end. just in the end when yeah, he's standing on the car or like maybe the i dance, even still got it when know? he was at the talk show like but I, this, I feel like this is this is when that. i'm sorry go ahead ben no i just feel like the movie's supposed to lead up to that differences in canon stefan uh you know now like after hearing ben run down that list and and recalling some of the imagery that they did show in the film that correlates to those things i'm like okay that's like pretty cool that's clever a little like what you said about like the abuse of the father and stuff because um, it seems like there were subtle cues to, in terms of that done in terms of like research for the character and stuff that maybe I missed because I'm not so well steeped in that. Right, but I um, I would also say that just because you don't know that doesn't necessarily mean that it should add that much more to your enjoyment to it. Yeah, I mean after it's the not something it Rod kinda... Phillips brought up out of his ass. Yeah, that's what Ben's saying. I, I, I think this I don't like that guy. The canon. Yeah. I think I don't like him as a filmmaker and that's where the rage comes from. But I think, you know, like what you're saying in terms of these correlations is, it's pretty cool. It's interesting. I like hearing some of that information kind of informing that into my overall opinion of the film or enjoyment of it. Yeah. All right. Maddie. All right, can you can you just go over quickly your thoughts on uh, the di- the differences with from canon, especially Thomas Wayne's differences and all that stuff? Yeah, uh, I I mean I don't know what Ben was saying. I heard a little bit of. Um, I like that uh, Thomas Wayne was darker and because he is a one percenter, so it was nice to see like oh he's not always great because from the films anyway he's always seemed like the savior of Gotham and he never did anything wrong. I'm like, come on, man, really? He's got so much money. Like he's done some bad shit. Like even Bruce wasn't perfect. Come on. You know? Um, I mean, I don't know, man. I just don't think I cared for this movie that much. It's just not the Joker. I really cared to see. Um, I just, 
I'm just kind of over the whole like let's make it realistic stuff. I would much I just want to lean into more character stuff and I'm probably more more into watching um Marvel movies just because they're like we're putting Iron Man in the Iron Man suit. We're doing this and this and we're just leaning into it. And I I think I'd just much rather see that and I honestly I'd much rather just see a fucking Batman movie cuz I like Batman more and Joker's not like my favorite villain. So it was I like I had a good time watching it, but I just like at the end I was like, all right, I've seen a Joker movie. Cool. I think we're definitely after the success of this movie, we're getting a fucking um Scarecrow's movie, bro. Like <laughs> yeah. just Scarecrow. I'm talking Bane man bad, dude. We're never getting that fucking yeah. movie. We're getting a man bad movie, trust Batman me. Batman forever. That cut I watched that you sent me Ben was amazing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> yeah. if so, Sony's making a fucking Morbius movie, we're getting a fucking Man Bat movie, Dude, bro. Dude, don't hold your breath. I thought I was going to get five seasons of a Swamp Thing series. You know what I got? I got one, and it was okay. <laughs> you don't have to tell me <laughs> twice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought all right, about DC had uh, learned. I thought they'd learned. I thought they were leaning into it. It's you know it's weird because I agree with you exactly in terms of just like I prefer it when they lean into the comics versus the realistic stuff and that was actually sometimes my concerns when it was Nolan's turn at the bat but I don't know for this one it's like you almost I almost had to make an exception just because of uh, the fact that this was kind of an Elseworlds take that's, that's how I view it, it you know yeah, it, yeah, it's like yeah. if this was the mainstream version of it then I would be more worried but since it's just like oh so it's supposed to be like its own alternate thing then. It, it didn't bother me as much as that it would have because I'm usually into that stuff. I'm usually into like, why doesn't Joker look like fucking Joker? How come Batman looks like he's wearing a fucking black tennis shoe in the Dark Knight? Like, I mean, I'm usually all a, about that stuff. There's, uh, you know, there. Like, okay, for the listener, there's Elseworld stories where fucking Superman lands in fucking Russia. Okay, uh, there's a there's an Elseworld story called Speeding Bullets where the fucking um. Clark's uh, fucking ship is lands in Gotham and he becomes a super Batman okay and I guess Bruce Wayne's not in the story I forget but and he gets adopted by the Waynes so Elseworlds they take fucking liberties and that's what this is Andrew I'd watch uh, any one of those movies over Joker <laughs> he's part of a fucking Russian commune He's a communist. It's a he's full on communist, like kind of evil. He's like trying to. He's like basically ruling the world on a granular level. It's crazy. Red, Red Sun is some good shit. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I'm just like I go in. I knew about Elseworlds. It's how I view it walking in. So any kind of major differences like that, like Thomas Wayne especially, it's not even as like as big of a difference as it could have been probably. Uh, yeah, I thought it was. I don't know. I didn't have a problem with that kind of stuff. I think I I think what bugs me the most about it is I like Joaquin Phoenix. I think he'd be a good Joker. And the fact that he might do another movie, who knows? But we're never going to see him square off against the Batman. It's just like, why I don't... Never I, say why never am I watching one. this? I'd much rather read it, you know? I don't know. I just, to me, I just, I need I need Batman. Gotta have him. The Batman-Joker thing fit just nicely. works. And I need to see it. <laughs> and I, I feel like it's a waste. Uh, it's, like it's you have okay. this great actor in this kind of, in my opinion, uh, okay movie. But like, just having him, like, I just he needs to like be able to feed and act off something else. It's just like it's a Joaquin Phoenix movie, and I just like there's no one there acting against him that like I don't know. Like I need, 
I don't know. I need some more meat to it, some more meat to the acting. It was just the Joaquin Phoenix show. It's like, and you even have De Niro in there, and he's not even that good in it. So yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you're being too harsh on that one, but I, I mean, it's I don't not know. much of a part, really. Yeah. For De well, I get it, but it's Considering like what De Niro and all the Scorsese stuff used to. Yeah. I think it's just an homage to the, com- the yeah, comedian. Yeah, I get it. Really, it's just like too, King of comedy. It's almost too King much. Yeah. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just don't think I like movies anymore, guys. I just. <laughs> it's a it's a byproduct that, of seeing okay. so many, and that's okay. Uh, yeah, it's not uh, even that. I liked Spider Man Far From Home. I had a great time watching that fu- fucking movie. I love. But when I saw movie, this, I was I like, seen it yet. No spoilers. Right. <laughs> you know, see, I had opposite feelings. I loved this one, and then I felt Far From Home was just like, eh. Jakey, I, Jake Gyllenhaal though. Come on, Ben. Jakey Gyllenhaal. I really, I really Jake thought Gyllenhaal that was, was the, wasted. I thought that he could have, like, they could have given him a way better part. That, that was I the agree. best Spider-Man movie in my opinion, other than the what? animated one. That's my favorite Spider-Man movie, probably. Hot take. <laughs> Home, <laughs> it really is. Homecoming. I like better. him fighting. I like him fighting drones and fucking like the way he ends with the fucking move to catch the knife or whatever. Like I fucking. Ate All right, that here shit we up. go. Anyway, no, no, we're no, no, really no, no. getting into the Marvel. Spider-Man movie. Far From Give Home. Give a fuck about DC. Review. <laughs> Welcome to the Spider-Man Far From Home podcast. It's my, <laughs> it is my favorite Spider-Man movie. All right, here we go. Moving on. Oh, um, All right. So uh, we're leaving the review just for a moment here, guys. Uh, talk we'll about get to the deeds at the very end. Nope. Oh. <laughs> um, Joker debuted with an estimated 140.5 million internationally global. Oh no no yeah. That publicity works. Global you guys all total fell for stands it. at 234 million dollars, and I think this movie was a 90 million dollar movie. So it's already made the money it's back in the it. first like three days. The movie's a huge fucking hit. Smart. Um, and also Rod Phillips did say that we have to do something that Marvel's not going to do, which this is it. Um, <laughs> you can't really do this with any Marvel villain at the moment, at least. I mean, Deadpool did do the first like R-rated. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't but about the villain. Their villain wasn't about the villain. Yeah, and short Venom sucks. Like at most, drops. yeah, at most, Infinity War is the Thanos yeah. movie. The best was Baron whatever his face Zemo. Yeah, Baron Zemo. He has like a pink other. pink hat or something in the fucking or the mask purple, or something. purple mask. Purple, yeah. Purple, yeah. Yeah. Baron Zemo's yeah. in uh, Civil War. Civil War, yeah. Matty, you want to see Man Bat, by the way, real quick? Yeah. You're talking about <laughs> so, DC Black? Yeah, so DC Black Films, which is an unofficial name, by the way. But, uh, Stefan, Wolfie, oh. uh, real quick, what is the DC Black film that you'd want to see? I want to see a new take on Constantine. I love... Okay. I love... Whoa, that's not my choice. Keanu. What are we talking Keanu, about? What'd you put me into? But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I thought you said you... what's happening. <laughs> I mean, he's asking me. Movie, but yeah, I would like to just about his choice. totally passed him up. Oh, I see. I see. What the fuck? We got to go back to Maddie. <laughs> okay, Lord. Maddie, you're Lord. first. You're. Yeah. What is the first, what is the DC Black oh, movie you want to see? I would love to see a Justice League Dark movie. No setup for it. It just is. It has Constantine Swamp Thing, Dead Man. Just fucking lean into it. Etrigan. Fucking everything, man. Just have him take on some fucking mystical, weird ass fucking Lovecraftian shit and just. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch three of those, but if it was just one like three-hour Justice League Dark movie, like fuck yes, man. I don't need to know anything. I know there's all this like we got to set it up, we got to have a Constantine show or a Swamp Thing show. It's like fuck it, dude, just throw it out there. Who gives a shit? All right, Wolfie, and also I Man Bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, now that I'm like running through all these different villains in my head or whatever, like I think a new take on just like a Hellblazer would be cool. But I'm I'm also not super familiar with a lot of those stories. I just think the concept of like demons and magic and shit is great. All rated hard R. So I would Fuck say in. I want to see a movie. I want to see a movie version adaptation of that Batman episode where all the villains are in the bar and sharing their different stories of fighting DC, not just Batman, but maybe other like DC heroes or something, maybe like a roast style thing. Maybe it could just be an online content only or see, you know, like DC oh, direct yeah. DC universe cool or HBO see, max. I think it'd be cool to see more stuff where like the hairs let down with some of these characters. But I don't know. That's a, can can I go again? Could be just as stupid as <laughs> you already went twice. <laughs> uh, Animal Man, right, movie, please. Thank you, Jeff. Based on oh, the yeah. Jeff Lemire yeah. uh, comic like, book. That's it. Shit. Oh, Swamp Thing also appears in that. So Swamp Thing movie too. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> DC Black Universe. All the movies. Okay, Ben. I totally cheated on this. <clears throat> Joker two. Batman's the villain. Ooh. Oh, the antagonist? Yeah. The antagonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I wrote something out. from. I saw the movie last night, and I've been writing down Miller. ideas ever since. Okay, so the time after Joker, Joker rises up in Gotham. It's become more of a shithole, but the problem is he got what he wanted. He got all the fame and everything. He's bored because there's no one left to fight. Oh, yeah, There's no struggle. Yeah. There's no struggle. Before any struggle, he had something to live for, and then at the end, he's like, he got everything he it's wanted. Bored. It's kind of king. Bruce Wayne returns to town. At, yeah, his quote-unquote little brother and it's the most this is R-rated DC Black this is the most unhinged Bruce Wayne ever mm. and I'm going to take some liberties with this because timeline-wise the age won't work out Bruce but fuck Black. it it's Drake Gyllenhaal it's elsewhere well, yeah. ooh nice <laughs> and nice. he's jacked and he's shredded we see the full extent of trauma on this Bruce Wayne's life and he is fucked up he has to keep listening to the sound of gunshots so that he doesn't initiate the panic response and the stress kicks in or whatever so that he can desensitize himself from it. Um, Joker sees him as... When you say a fucked up Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne, this is like a kind of a PTSD kind of like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. We explore explore, uh, PTSD with him. It's it's still going to be Joker's movie, by the way. Somebody fucked him up in Asia. Like, he had such hard training. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah. His training was like... He didn't go to... Well, he probably went to... No, he didn't go to war, but he had so many fights and so much fucked... Kind of fucked up training in Asia... Like they Cobra probably Kai. had some PTSD from that. Yeah, he got yeah. the shit beaten out of him day <laughs> yeah. in, day out, until he could actually like fight them back. So he's like, like they, the Joker. They, it, it makes Liam Neeson look. <laughs> yeah, Liam Neeson's fucking Razal Ghoul to look like that fucking like daycare yeah, compared like to what he went through. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So did he he's ask back. for he's his parents to be killed, Ben? No. No, but that's the trauma <laughs> he's gathering from. So Joker in this version, if we're going yeah. off this one, he sees Bruce as the little brother who got the life that he should have had. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good twist. And too, Bruce is always haunted by the image of that clown mask shooting down his parents. And this version of Batman exists to take down the Joker, specifically, not specifically. just crime in general. Again, yeah, this yeah, is DC yeah, Black because yeah. that's yeah. what took them away. And the Joker caused the movement that took his parents away, and now he's going to go right, after right, him. right, 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 right. So we actually get to see the confrontation between Batman and Joker. Right, the back and forth that never really leads up to that. And we get Batman, maybe he takes down a food with the thugs or whatever, and he, he gets the Joker, and he grabs him, and he says, now you get what you fucking deserve. And he he beats the shit out of him. <laughs> but we get in the hospital, and Joker's laughing because he gets what he wanted. He finally has an enemy. He finally uh, has somebody yeah, yeah, to yeah, play yeah. with. That's yeah. my pitch for Joker, too. That's awesome. I think it's great. 
so I'm not saying my idea is the best idea, but it's just the first one that came to my mind. It would be <laughs> it would be Zack Snyder getting an R-rated Thomas Wayne Batman. <laughs> I'd watch <laughs> Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, Thomas awesome. having some guns because that's that he has that Batman has guns. Okay, I'll and, give that one to you. Yeah. And I think I think Snyder would would kill that one. He would have a really good time with that one. Uh, yeah, that's my idea. Our hard R, yeah. Snyder, Batman, mm-hmm. guns, Thomas Wayne, Batman, <laughs> yeah, Elseworlds. Okay, <clears throat> we're wrapping up now, guys. We made it. Uh, let's go over uh, Joker rank rankings. Um, just to refresh your memory, uh, we got Phoenix, Romero, Nicholson, Ledger, and Leto. We're not doing the animated ones. We're just doing live action ones. That's unfair. Unfounded. No Hamill. No Why Hamill. not? Hamill's gonna take it every time. By He's the way, the best one. Right. Fair, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Live action only. Okay. And uh, movie too, not um, not Gotham one. Ah, what? Because <laughs> okay. Romero, right. Romero was right. Joker in the in Batman sixty six movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there we go. We're yeah. we're consistent. Fair enough. Uh, let's go with Maddie. Oh, damn it! Fuck. <laughs> um, you want to wait? No, I'll fucking do it. God damn it. I'll say, uh, what's my favorite Joker? Okay, so I'm going to have to go with Jared Leto as number one. <laughs> <laughs> you Hot Topic fan, girl. Yeah. Hot take. I love, I, I love those tattoo. Hot Topic outfits. They're so cool. I love all those tattoos. Uh, oh, you know, man. the one that says, ha, 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 because that's what you get laughed on yourself, like, tattooed on yourself as Joker. Uh, I... In all seriousness, <laughs> folks, uh, I'm just gonna say uh, Jared Leto number one. Just kidding. Uh, I would probably Heath Ledger, man. I just didn't. It was such a so when Dark Knight came out, uh, Stefan and I were living in Chicago and it was a big thing. It was weird to live in the city where a Batman movie was being filmed. I'm so, and I didn't really know what to expect. Like, yeah, I'd seen trailers, but it's just like my life in Chicago. Like, I wasn't as into movies and watching trailers. Like, I knew it was happening, and it was in the city. And that, like, Heath Ledger's Joker just means a lot because it was, like, shot in a city I lived in. And, like, I remember us going on bike rides really late to try to see the Batmobile. And, like, I went to work, and they are like, oh, they were filming Batman across the street. It's weird. There were helicopters around, and, like, some dude was hanging upside down. I was like, what? And then I see The Dark Knight, and it's fucking Heath Ledger hanging up. Well, it's not an actor, but, you know, it's the Joker. So that Joker just means a lot to me. Um, and just like going and seeing that movie, I saw it at like fucking t- like 9 a.m. or something at an IMAX. Like it's the earliest I've ever been to a fucking movie, dude. Uh, so it would be that. And then I would do uh, Nicholson's Joker because, I mean, like, come on, you know. Um, I've never been a fan of like a big fan of like the Adam West stuff. So, man, I don't know, man. Fucking... Heath Ledger's number one. Just fuck it. <laughs> nice person. <laughs> Just fuck it. All right. Uh, Stefan? I think um, Jack Nicholson delivers on that level of like jokiness and comical villainy that I love about the Joker. But on screen, I would just have to say that uh, Ledger is probably my favorite for sure. All right. Ben? Uh, I'm going to go from the bottom up. Um Leto, because anyway. Oh wait, uh, could I just say right before you start? No, 
Uh, you always butt in. <laughs> no, I was. I just. I wanted to. I, know I, yeah, I wanted to say. I wanted for what you're gonna say. I wanted to say why, and I, I something happened with my computer, so I just like. And oh I, I mean, it was a beat. It was a beat. So it was a beat. Do you like but anything I, about Leto's Joker, Ben? Uh, never mind. Just <laughs> butt into you. No, I, I didn't mean to butt in. I was just not finished. Uh, I mean Leto is out of between him and. Like the previous take of Ledger, like I don't see Ledger having a Harley Quinn. Leto's Joker is believable in having a Harley Quinn. True. So true. I'd give him that one. The single he's, probably, he's hot. He's more likely to have a Harley <laughs> Quinn than any of the other versions. That's so true. true. It made sense. Uh, but a lot of the stuff that he's doing, like, look, I mean, all these guys did their own take on it. There's nobody who's really phoned it in. So. Like he did his own take, I just didn't like the take that much. Mm-hmm. I think it was mostly much... the director at fault too. Like, yeah, just didn't yeah. know what to do with. Yeah. Like, but also, like he's still like it's still his turn to do the material, and it's just. You it, think there's, there's more footage timing? of him somewhere? Maybe. Like, he says there was, so. He was yeah. he was like not in that movie at all. But was, even then, I'm just like, yeah. How much of it is really because of editing, though? I mean, what we got, what we maybe got. So. I'm just like, yeah, like it's not oh, my. Yeah. Like not I remember him in two scenes, maybe. Yeah, that movie. He was in like two and scenes. And didn't say a damn thing. So, like, it, did he even really play no, the joke? Apparently, he was cut out quite a bit. Yeah, he must have sucked ass. Bad. <laughs> he must have sucked. Will Smith would not hang out with him, too. He didn't like Who him. wants to hang out with Will Smith? I do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Maddie does. Uh, who's to say? All right, so Leto's at the bottom. Uh, then I'd put Cesar Romero. Um, mostly because he was Joker at a time when Joker hadn't really become the character we know and love. He was the best version of Joker at the time, but mainly because Joker was mainly a villain with a gag, and that was it. But the whole homicidal aspect wasn't around, but he did the best he could with the material and really gave it his all. Um, then I would put Phoenix above it, mainly because kind of what you guys have already been saying about how uh, he doesn't really face a Batman in this, nor does he really become the Joker we know and love. I prefer my Joker's funny and scary at the same time, and he was just scary. Uh, he wasn't that funny uh, with it. He wasn't that confident either maybe it'll grow if they do <clears throat> joker 2 with jake gyllenhaal's batman uh but uh it's it's he's not quite there yet even though i love the movie i loved his performance i thought he was amazing in it but he as you know i'm ranking this based off of how i how they match with how i see the character um then i would put nicholson above him uh and then i would put Heath Ledger, of course uh because of the fact that he still managed that balance between funny and scary everybody talked about how scary it was but i was thrown by how funny he was in the dark knight honestly which made right. the scary parts even scarier because you never knew and he had that unpredictability and everything and comedy's mixed with violence yeah like the whole yeah. pen trick in the beginning Ta-da! like that's, it's yeah it's yeah, just yeah, great yeah, that's exactly yeah. what i want to see Clever. and he had a batman to play off of so uh ledger would be the top film joker my favorite live action, as I've said on record, is still Cameron Monaghan in Gotham in terms of how he plays it. He doesn't have the best material, but he looks great in the role. He played more than one Joker, and he gave it his all, and it's it's amazing. And I think his the version that he played in Season 5, not the final version, but the one that he had before he jumps, in, jumps into the chemicals, is probably the best-looking live action Joker. I gotta see that shit. He's great. I think he's he's like in just in terms of live action, like his his for my money is like the most enjoyable to yeah. watch. He's basically the Mark Hamill Joker come to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so. Uh, I think and then it. and then I think yeah, that's what it is. It's like the yeah, Mark that's Hamill what it Joker is. is just so like, deeply is ex- burned into my yeah. 
Yeah, it's just like, this, it circuits. feels like this is how it should be type of thing. It just feels so perfect, and he had to play that even though for a majority of the time he wasn't even in Joker makeup. He had to convey being the Joker without actually right. looking like it. Right, right, right. So, right. you know, he still takes number one in my book in terms of overall, but Ledger, in terms of film, I'd say he hasn't been topped, but a lot of this comes down to characterization and stuff that's beyond the actor's control. I, I think, think just they for... They all did their own versions of it pretty well. For sake of it being a film, I think the Ledger one plays the best on one's imagination like solely for the fact that they don't delve into like his origins and the whole force of nature aspect of it is like that's yeah in it movies works. it's just show it it's just works. for that movie. show yeah, don't tell sure. don't show me flashbacks i don't want to hear a narrator like let's just go and i think that's been when he says the, the first like my father or whatever yeah. and then you're like oh fuck they explained it then and your then, first viewing you know yeah and then it's like oh he's just fucking yeah. lying oh. like, this is so cool so cool yeah that was it's so good man um, I'd go Lido at the bottom, of course, and uh, then Romero, and then um, man, it's kind of sacrilege, especially compared. I'm gonna say Nicholson. I liked fucking. Um, I like this one a lot. I did compared to what I just said before. I would put uh, Phoenix as second, then Ledger number one. Uh, that could change by the day, but that's how I feel right now. Yeah, uh, I, I'm curious if Phoenix does come back if this ranking will change, you know? If it's Pattinson, if it's Pattinson versus this Joker, it's going to be fucking like... You definitely need a powerhouse actor in this. So I think Pattinson has to range for it. I'd, I'd have to see it, you know? Right, right. I'm very excited to see um, the lighthouse just for Pattinson against um, Willem, Willem Dafoe, Dafoe, who was, yeah, you know, yes, like on the Superhouse podcast. It's like, he would have made a great Joker. Everybody says would that, never yeah. happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, just like totally. I'm just. Uh, I mean, that movie looks amazing anyway, and I love The Witch, but uh, I'm just excited to see like what that interaction is through uh, the Lighthouse film. But mm-hmm. let's give him let's give him uh, Volko instead of Joker, guys. <laughs> Volko, Aquaman. All right, so and Deeds, Maddie, out of ten. Oh God, do you really want this? I feel like you're gonna give me a three, <laughs> dude. He's gonna say two. Uh, I probably do. Ah, fuck, this is hard. A four out of ten, indeed. There's some. All right. There's some stuff I did like. Uh, I really. So there's the one scene where he, uh, the guy's getting off the train and he does the like back and forth. Uh, after when he commits his first murder, and. I just thought that was really good and up and there's a lot of points where I was like, all right, I'm here, I'm here, but you know, maybe it would just take a second viewing or something. I mean, I'm not opposed to, I, I will watch this film again. I just, and a lot of it. I thought that too. I feel like it's going to change a lot on second viewing. I I, I don't know if I'm going to be like, oh my God, it's a 10 out of 10. I'm sorry guys. This is the greatest film I've ever seen. No, but it could move up to a six. Huh? Fresh tomato. All right, Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be generous here. I think uh, I I do want to say that I think that I'm glad for the people that it really hit right on the nose for that. It's like a movie that wasn't disappointing for like the Joker fan or somebody who was really highly anticipating this film. Um, I think I'll overall my general feelings is that it's kind of like in the middle somewhere. So I think like a six. 
That's way yeah. higher than I was expecting. Yeah. Which is which is wow. yeah, it's generous because I think what they did well, they really did pretty good. Like in terms of like casting, costuming, the music. I thought the rock and roll number two or whatever was a interest. I said interesting at the time, but I thought that was a really poor choice of music for that moment when Joker's stepping out on the scene. I'm like, this is totally like your like mainstream run of the mill type of like tune to generate some semblance of excitement at mostly sports films i don't know that song just doesn't jive with me maybe that's just all it is but i was like eh. and then the score was awesome the score was amazing um and the joker smile at the end i thought was really just pitch perfect i just wish moments for it worked for me to where that was like the selling point it could be like an 8.5 9 or a 10 but yeah six should have ended there yeah, then <laughs> The movie, not you. I think we Stephen, all agree that it should have ended. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, you guys are insane. It's for nine for me. Nice. Nice. No other final thoughts? I mean, I feel like I've already harped on it. Um, I don't know. I loved it. I think uh, as somebody who kind of goes back and forth sometimes, it's just like, eh, I don't know how much I like realistic versions. I, don't, I want more comic book versions. And, but then also somebody who has kind of wanted to see... Uh, something that's a lot more character-driven in these live-action uh, Batman movies. It's like I've gone back and forth in it, but like it, it, it has a happy medium of both to me mm-hmm. in terms of like a, a nice balance of the realistic with some comic book elements I wasn't expecting to see in there. Uh, and I, I don't know. I'd love to see a sequel, but if not, then you know we we know what's going to happen next. We kind of know the Batman Joker story. I'd love to see him against Pattinson or Jillian Hall or whatever they do. Um and uh, we'll just have to see, but hopefully this does at least kick off if not a Joker sequel then at least movies that are trying to go outside the norm and not just trying to be another shared universe thing. Uh, and are trying to be yeah. riskier in terms of what you can do with comic book movies because that's where the real risk is. I think if it was just if it, they didn't have the Joker label to it, nobody would have seen this movie, and nobody would really be talking about it True. or call it that risky. It's, it's a risk because of the material, because of what it's what most people are used to going off of, and I want to see more of that in general. Can I add to that? No, <laughs> here we go. You can't. You just already did your again. final thoughts. <laughs> I just wasn't wanted to add to what you're or. All I wanted to say was that I do I do really enjoy the fact that this movie can stand on its own, but also because of the mythos it's playing in can be linked to other films. I think that's something that for comic book movies, maybe not so much of this crossover stuff anymore, but allow films to play in the same world without having to be so directly connected. I thought A that loosely was, I thought that universe. was cool because you could yeah. juxtapose this Joker movie against any Batman movie and it still works. Right, right, right. That's all I want to say. I'm going to go 7.75. Very precise. Docking points just because the Scorsese influence was a bit too on the nose, like too strong. It felt like it's just like a cover band at times, a little bit. But uh, I called it a meme. I wouldn't. That's too harsh. (laughs) But like, but I did. I I do think the emotional beats, like why is he doing this? Why is he Mm. doing that? We're explaining this very realistic. Whenever he says, you made fun of me mm-hmm. to the guy, he's so sympathetic at the end. Yeah. Uh, and then he shoots him in the face, of course. But, like, I thought that was just done really well. I like the twist. We didn't talk about this. We probably should have. The twist of, uh, you know, that the girl not really being there. Again, hinting at mental illness. That does bring up not a hinting, but question. Uh, do you guys think that he killed her or not? Yes. Purpose, purposefully ambiguous by the filmmaker. 
when yes, he, but do you like, think bef- he did? Before he walked out or whatever? He might have left her alive because he liked her. I don't think there was anything to convey that he would have killed her. I think he was just like, oh, it's, it's like... I want to believe yeah, that he did, so I, I like this movie I don't think, slightly more. I don't think so. I love Zazie, so fuck that. <laughs> she was great. I thought she was great. Uh, uh, I don't watch think Atlanta, he, boy. I don't think he did because he didn't dance afterwards. Mm, yeah, oh, right. Fair enough. Good observation, actually. I thought it, a lot of times it was very powerful, and... Uh, I don't know. I feel like there's just a certain part of me that when I was younger, I really sunk my teeth into very dark stuff more than I do now. And maybe it's a decade of Marvel movies. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's conditioning on my part. I do feel weird saying that, but like, I don't know. That's why it's not a 10. It would have been a fucking 11 if I I swear to God. (laughs) I would have been an ele- I would have been fucking mesmerizing if I was at an earlier stage in my life, but seven point seven five definitely I definitely a thumbs up. It's just uh, it's it's it was a weird one for me, a weird one. Um, right up there with Tomb Raider though. It. Tomb Raider no. Alicia <laughs> Vikander one. That's People more like four point five anyway, territory. That was a, a callback. Uh, oh yeah, past. we had some talk about that. Anyway. All right, so uh, check so- uh, Superhouse on all the social media. Thanks for listening to our deep dive slash review, everybody. And please go to patreon.com slash superhousepodcast to join the Shasta army. Uh, it's a dollar. And uh, I am Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter and Instagram. And I am Ben Juan Ryder on Instagram, as well as curate the Superhouse Podcast Instagram, which is Superhouse Pod. <laughs> exactly. And there's a wolfie. I'm on basically the super house stuff, but I'm nowhere and everywhere at once. So, woo! And Maddie, <laughs> uh, you can follow me at at old beardo on Instagram. Look at my artworks. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We're going to be doing a little old dive into Batman Sub Zero next, and uh, that's it. This is Andrew signing off. This is Ben, and that's life. <laughs> Adios, muchachos. Wolfie. Bye bye.